Oh my goodness, friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live and Learn. It's been a long time, long, long time. And today, we're going to talk about the importance of vocabulary instruction in adult education, focusing on what's called tier two words that adults might not know, but they'll encounter so much throughout their academic lives with you and beyond. So we're going to talk a lot about vocabulary today. But first, what have I been doing this whole time? Let's talk about that for a little bit. So I probably saw some of you at COABE. I saw a lot of old friends, made a lot of new friends, which was great. But that was a good, what, six months ago now. And prior to that, I wrote a new book called Coaching to Win that's all about giving your best for your teachers. If you're a teacher who's a lead instructor, if you are an instructional coach, a curriculum coach, a center director, a principal, a superintendent, anybody who helps teachers, this book is for you. It talks really heavily about what helps teachers succeed the most in their classrooms that then drives our students' success. So if you want to check that out, you can you can grab a copy of that over on scr.consulting, my website, and that'll direct you to Amazon, right? Because that's where all good books are sold. There's also a course on SCR Academy, as there are many, many courses now on SCR Academy. There's one for coaching to win. So you can check that out as well as some of the other things I've been up to on there. I've been writing curriculum for PBS. I've been presenting all over the country. I've been meeting so many of you. And I don't know. I now have two kids both in school. We renovated our kitchen this summer. It's a beautiful day here in Kentucky. Gosh, I guess we're about caught up on what I've been up to. So let's start talking about vocabulary instruction. So first of all, there's this whole new thing happening that's coming down from the federal level. Uh, and it has to do with evidence-based reading instruction. But what does that mean? So some of you may be part of what's a STAR state. That's what Octay is calling their evidence-based reading instruction model. But for the rest of us, even if you're not part of a STAR state, there's so much good stuff in evidence-based reading instruction, EBRI for short, that it's worth taking a look at. And I've actually worked a lot with programs in EBRI, but specifically vocabulary. So there are four different elements of EBRI, kind of in order, if you will, starting with alphabetics, which is a combination of skills that allows readers to identify words in print. So general letter recognition and combinations, kind of like you'd see in phonics almost with youngsters. Alphabetics is kind of the baseline understanding. Then next we have vocabulary. It's really essential for a reader to know what words mean in order to get meaning from what they're reading. But also, as a reader's vocabulary grows, he or she will be able to read a broader variety of materials and at higher levels. So vocab is super important to get to the next level of fluency. Fluency is reading quickly and accurately. So the effort then on comprehension, on learning what you're reading, is able to take hold more readily. So fluency allows students to decode words more quickly, put meaning to sentences that they're reading and interpret and understand those, and then ultimately, finally, comprehension. Understanding what they're reading in order to be able to respond appropriately 
in some way. So we have to start with alphabetics, then move through the vocabulary understanding, then as we gain fluency putting those prior pieces together, then students are going to comprehend what they need to more readily. So today we're going to talk about how important vocabulary is in particular. In my mind, for our, most of our students, it's the most important and the key piece to making sure students persist and succeed with their reading. So in vocabulary, there are what's called Tier 1 and Tier 2 and Tier 3 words. Tier 1 are basic words that we all know. So maybe we understand bed and we understand shoes, things like that. Objects that we all have a basic understanding of. Tier 2, however, and this is going to be our main focus today, they are common high-impact words that are seen in many different reading situations across all disciplines. So it's not specific to science or history or, or math or manufacturing or healthcare. Those are, in fact, Tier 3 words. Those are content-specific terminology. But tier two words are where we get the most bang for our buck. Those common words that are seen in many reading situations, no matter what students are a part of. So let's talk more about those. First of all, where do you find a list of tier two words? Well, you can quick Google will tell you exactly where to find them. Scholastic has different lists. You can even find lists on individual school websites. But my favorite thing to do is go to achievethecore.org and they have an academic word finder. So you can copy and paste in whatever it is that you're having students read, and it will tell you the tier two words, which is super exciting. You don't have to guess what those common words are. But then what do you do with it? What do you do with vocabulary? Well, first of all, it's important that it's a really intentional and specific instruction. We need to be intentional about drawing students' attention to these words that they see really frequently and making sure that they know how to define them. So one way you can do that is something called word association. You're helping them draw connections between terms that are related. So for instance, if they're reading something that has the word advance, we're of course going to see that in all kinds of things that we're reading. So we have students think about what word goes with advance? What's something you could say instead of advance? One may be increase or ask them to come up with a, a word web, different things that they think of when they hear the word advance. Or what goes with partner? What else can you say about partner? Well, it's a duo. What about just a star? Well, stars make me think of light and shine and dawn and moon and bright. and So on from there, getting students' juices flowing about word association. Where have I heard this word before? And what other words kind of go with it to help me have a better understanding of the term? Then we can start to think about it in the context of what they're reading. But they're learning how to look beyond just that context. So word association is a really powerful, easy strategy to use. Another method is the have you ever method. It gives students practice with newly learned words by giving them almost a sentence starter and having them complete the thought. So maybe describe a time when, and then you use the word that's in question, and you can ask students to show. They can either point to an illustration or make their own. You can have them tell. They can talk about categories of the word, telling each other times that they have experienced something with that word. And finally, relate. How can they relate that 
to an experience that they have had. So perhaps you could say, describe a time when you felt isolated. Focusing on that key tier two word, isolate. And you can ask them to either show or tell or relate using that sentence stem. So strategy two, have you ever using sentence stems to get students really thinking and diving into the words. Another one of my favorite strategies is something called idea completions. And it also uses some question stems to have students thinking from the get-go. So you may plug in a word and then have them complete the thought. Something like, the efficiency of the team was clear when. And then you listen for whatever it is that they have to say that shows their understanding of efficiency. Now, of course, you're going to want to use a, a sentence that's different than the one that they're reading at, at hand. That way you know they can draw connections between the word and different situations. But idea completions are really helpful to pull students beyond what they're reading at that exact moment. You can also say things like, can you think of another word to use instead of efficient? Or why did the author choose this word? Another example might be the analysis showed that, and then you're listening closely to see what it is that they say in response to finishing that question stem that you've provided for them. So idea completions is a third strategy. And finally, a fourth quick strategy is questions and reasons. You're having students thinking further and discussing more about the individual words that they're looking at. So one example of this might be, what is something that shouldn't be done hastily and why? You pose a question to students, have them think about it, and then discuss with each other the reasons why whatever it is shouldn't be done hastily. And of course, they have to know what hasty means. Or how would a flying house be extraordinary? Well, they'd have to show an understanding of extraordinary to actually discuss their reasons for why that would be extraordinary. So some stems and prompts are effective questions to ask students to further explain their understanding. Some also show how they're able to transfer knowledge that they already have into the current context. Maybe they can think beyond, kind of tying back to the have you ever. They can think beyond what they're looking at at the moment and make sure that they have a full understanding of how to interchange the word in different situations using reasons, not just answering the question. The neat thing about these four strategies is the, all of them help students also begin to work toward the important fluent concept of context clues. As they have a better understanding and isolation of what these tier two vocabulary words mean in the current context and then beyond it, then they're able to look more quickly at different words around the one in question as they're reading using context clues. So for instance, a sentence that says celestial bodies, including the sun, moon, and stars, have fascinated man for centuries. They can actually look at the words around and really understand that strategy to help them define celestial bodies if they're unsure about it. So this is taking them beyond these initial exercises, but into we know how important context clues are as a strategy to understand vocab that is going to push them more into the fluent category of effective reading practices.
Context clues can also help them understand the tone of the passage, the author's attitude towards the subject, using just vocabulary as the springing board. So for instance, the brooding teenager was angry and sullen and defensive, his arms crossed in frustration. There are many words with a negative connotation in this sentence, such as angry, sullen, take your pick. And all of these help you understand that brooding is a negative word. So often the structure of the word, the structure of how it's used, can help you determine its actual position in the sentence and its meaning. So context clues comes toward the end of vocabulary instruction and just ahead of really pushing them into being more fluent readers, which we know is the most important step toward comprehension. So how can I start with vocabulary in my classroom? How can I teach a lesson that's really heavy on vocab emphasis? I recommend starting with Newsella, News ELA, and choosing an article that is an appropriate level for students to actually dive in and begin to look at these words. And Newsella will highlight vocabulary for you very similarly. So choose a hot topic article, one that's a level appropriate and try out some of the vocab strategies that you just learned about. We know that lack of terminology too in math causes problems. So even if you're not an ELA instructor, maybe you're doing math, use some of these strategies to outline helping students understand the vocab in your math lesson as well. And you'll be surprised as to what happens when students can make connections between things outside of math with some of the terminology that you're using. So don't forget, too, about the Academic Word Finder in Achieve the Core to really help you pull out these vocabulary words for students as you're looking for them as well. So thanks for joining me for another episode of Live and Learn. These are going to be more frequent. I'm committed to making sure we keep the momentum going with this because I get such good feedback from all of you when I do visit you and see you and talk with you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back and listening after my long break. And next week, I don't know, we might talk about math. We might talk about more ELA strategies. We might talk about the joy of work. I have so many things in my brain. I can't even keep them all straight at the moment. So lots of fun things coming. And in the meantime, stay curious.